Yeah, welcome once more to Cheltenham, only better with me, Natalie Green. A stellar lineup, as always, for you. We're in for a treat. We welcome this week Dan Barber. Dan, so many um, titles to your name, Racing TV, Time For, and you do loads for Betfair. So lovely to see you. How have you been? Uh, yeah, I'm really good, thank you. And I've got a visit to Cheltenham in the books for Saturday, and that's trials day. It might not be the DRF, Kev, Daryl, Natalie, but we try <laughs> our best, and it, it has been a, a significant meeting when it comes to identifying Cheltenham winners. 100%. And Dan, looking very jazzy in that. In that top, what is it? Look. Yeah, I, I, I must bore people. This is Yap, which is a little island in Micronesia. And <laughs> um, comedian Mark Watson, his brother Paul Watson, is a proper football. I don't want to say geek because he's a lovely person and geek has negative connotations, but he knows all. But he's a massive geek. <laughs> but he's a massive geek. He knows about football from every corner of the globe. And they were raising money to get Yap players to be able to transport around Micronesia during a tournament they did. So I thought I'd spend some money and help contribute to it. Good and, it's City, and it's Man City Blue, so that's it's even better. <laughs> nice touch, Dan. I like it. Daryl, how are you, my dear? Tremendous. Tremendous. Great week of racing coming up. It's always, yeah. a, a, good, it's always a good time in this, in this job when you're backing winners. So I'm doing all right at the moment. So, yeah, I'm happy. I'm in a good mood. Yeah, you look a little, you know, happy with yourself. Yeah. Chirpy, chirpy. I am. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. And Mr. Blake, how are you? Great farm, great farm. Yep, off and running. Yeah. January I've been worried about you with the wind. No, we got it in. We got it in before the frost came and, and it hasn't got blown out of the ground. So yeah, hopefully it'll you know look all right in five or six years' time. So yeah. Got a lot Our of very own Hugh Fernley <laughs> Whitting style, aren't you, Kev? Jesus, yeah, imagine. <laughs> <laughs> well, Every week, Dan, we talk about the weather, so I'm not going to. I'm not going to bore people. People know about the weather, but we are going to look back through the week of racing. Um, of course, looking forward, we've got Cheltenham's Trials, which is going to be fantastic this coming weekend. So even though it wasn't stellar, wow, telly box, box office stuff that's just gone by, we have got some really good performances to talk about. And we've put them in sections. We've been doing this a little bit more recently. And it's been working really well. And we start with our novice chasers then, which is Manella Kakuna is the first one we're going to talk about, which is 16 to 1 into 8 to 1 for the National Hunt Chase and 50 to 1 into 20 to 1 for the Brown Advisory. Um, so who wants to kick us off? Daryl, I think we should start with you on Manella Kakuna on the back of his recent Navin win. Yeah, this was this was quite good. This was all right. This was um, got into a bit of an early battle for the league, lost a couple of lengths at its fences early on. Made that ground up on the flat. Once he hit the front, he uh, he jumped much better. Um, dictated the race from there on out. He's a little high at his fences. He's a little he's a little right. There's this you know he doesn't look the most natural. If you look at the, the Rachel's runner behind him, Senor Chief, who was clearing those obstacles much quicker than he was. Um, I suppose you could pick holes in his jumping. It, Brown advisory. I mean, I think that'd be that'd be a bit too deep for him. He's a second season novice without having the sort of the benefit of a second season mm. experience if you like uh, i think the national hunt chase is probably more up his street um he showed last year that he needed to, needed his first run of the season he's shown the same this time he's come on for the run he reminds me a little bit of statler i, I, I and when when this when this horse uh, manella kakuna ran in the albert bartlett in 2022 i thought he didn't quite see it out up the hill and i thought the same about statler until he went and absolutely pissed up over three mile six in the national hunt chase and uh that's those stamina concerns were quickly put uh, put to bed, but 
he seems that type of horse. I think he'd appreciate a slower gallop. I think mm. he, he he does a lot on the bridle, not much off it. Um, he's very interesting. I'm, I'm with Corbett's Cross in this division at the moment, but I would be sort of leaning sort of his way. I think after that performance. Yeah, and Kev, you're you're with Corbett's Cross, aren't you? If my little memory somewhere gets gets there, but um, Manella Kuna because novice at one or two. So, like in your opinion, how? Can they sort of improve that in the in the jumping department? Um, like that yeah, was a funny one. Like it's not like he jumped badly. He was just a, a little bit airy at times, a little bit kind of what would you call it? Almost deliberate through the air, a little, a little bit slower than you like through the air. Like it was perfectly fine. Like it was a solid round of jump, a little bit slow at the first two, but he was better when he was in front. Um, style of jumping that'll be suited to longer trips, you'd think. Um. What do you do with a national hunt chase is kind of obvious, I suppose. I'd be interested to see what mark they give him. Mm. Um, because look, you you could you could get a little bit spicy with, with his first run over fences, but you know, that that was over a year ago and his two runs this season, you know, you'd you'd have him in the one forties. Um, so if I were them, I'd ask for Mark just to see where I stand. Um, because he, he could be if if they did if they were a little bit generous to him he could be interesting potentially one of the staying handicaps um for all that it's not really something Willie does but um they will have options for the National Hunt Chase Patrick can only ride one um and if he's not the one um, maybe they just open up their options a little bit but I didn't mind him didn't blow me away now I don't think there was there was anything like enough in it to suggest he's back um but he ultimately won well he didn't really come off the bridle did he so. Um, what they do next will be fascinating. Um, he'd need, um, he, he'd want another run, I'd say. And what they do with him will be interesting. There's a great tree novice chase, I think, next month. That uh, that could be the one for him. But look, we'll see. I, I, I find myself a bit neutral on him at the minute. Was he just fine then, Kev? Yeah, yeah just, just fine. Gra- grand, grand. We'll, we'll give him grand. And speaking <laughs> of fine, that is that fine line between fools never differing and, you know, great minds thinking alike. But... The first thing I thought of with him was handicaps as well. I think about a race like the Ultima, because you go back to that chasing debut form that Kev mentioned, and you you could rate him basically anything on that. He's marking Britain when he ran in the Albert Bartlow over hurdles with 146. I don't think we get any lower than that. Mm. He might get something towards the 150s, but he was 27 lengths clear of the third when he pulled away with Classic Getaway. He's got a time from rating the low 160s now, Classic Getaway. And that day, Manila Kakuna went off even money to beat Classic Getaway. I'm just relieved, in a general point of view, that him and Manila Kroon no longer have their paths crossing. Yeah. <laughs> it's taken me a while to work out which one was which. <laughs> yeah, I'm just, I'm just looking at it here. There's, there's a there's a three-mile uh, grade two novice chase at Navin in the middle of Feb. Maybe that'll be the one. That would probably be his last chance if they, if they do want to run. Um, like, prior would it be the case, general... do you reckon, if they had the National Hunt chase in mind, they'd stick Patrick on him next time? And if they don't, yeah. it might be a signal what they're doing. Yeah, that 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 could that could easily be it. Like you'd, you'd worry about his, you'd worry about his jumping in a, in a in an ultima though, surely, wouldn't you? Would yeah, he might, it might just those? might just be a little mm-hmm. bit a little bit ponderous mm-hmm. in against those those hardened chasers. But you know, you have the right profile. You know, you want those unexposed ones, really. Yeah. If you're go- if you're going to win a handicap like that, even though um, we know that the, the the class droppers are becoming a bigger factor in Cheltenham. In the last couple of seasons, um, since since the that change in change in handicapping policy in Britain to, to drop those ones a bit faster, but um, still by and large, if you gave me the choice between the two profiles, I'd be favouring the um the up and comer rather than the the dropper. Yeah, 
Fair enough. Well, okay, we've got our interesting prospect there with Manala Kakuna. Uh, JPR1, 50 to 1 into 16 to 1 for the article. All the prices I'm giving you are from the Betfair Sportsbook. So do take a look. Um, JPR1, where do we start? Joe Tizard, Lingfield win. To be fair, travelled really strongly and then did sort of just idle a little bit to, towards the finish. Dan, should we start with you this time on your take on JPR1? Yeah, he was, he was good, wasn't he? He's back to the sort of form that he looked like he was going to show when, well, he was slashing up at Cheltenham, wasn't he, when he crashed out. That's basically the only mistake he's made. Obviously, you've got to caveat this through that that weird prism of the first fence. Now, Gladiators made a return to TV, hasn't it? And Matata <laughs> did his best impression of the gauntlet at the first. <laughs> he, he, managed, he, he managed to clear a fence by jumping about 15 times as far left as he did forward. It was an amazing achievement. <laughs> but, he, but he wiped Jello out of things. And obviously, that took a bit of the sheen off the race. But Matata had a, a really sound handicap run to his name prior to that. I'm not a big fan of all the old yardstick horse, but JPR took care of him with a degree, degree of comfort. And what do we keep saying about this article in various places is the fact that behind Marine Nationale, there is very little to get excited about. And it might be a race that rewards an early each way stance because of the fact that it's likely to cut up to, would we get three places on the day, do you reckon? Oof. You're looking at like yeah. six if, runners, if, if Marie if Marie National wins the Irish Arkle and turns up, uh, it's gonna yeah, it's gonna, yeah. it's gonna be sparse enough, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Here, here's here's one for you, Dan. You can you can help set the argument now. Me and me and Calvin were having some friendly jousting about this um, on weighed in the other day. Um, I was making the case that there's a possibility that the British handicapper could take a, a lenient view of this and not revise JPR1 all that much up. Um, you know, because I think uh, Brendan Duke's brother was, was fancying him for the for the grand annual yeah. if they let him go off one four five. Yeah. Um like I, I think that you, you could justify taking a low view of this. And look, I'm not gonna say that he, he won't give him anything, but I think they, they could potentially get away with giving him a couple of pounds. Small field mayhem at the first. Um do you really want to to have the third improving? To justify mm. putting JPR one up, I know he won snugger than the than the bare margin. What would your view be on it? Yeah, I'd be fairly similar, I think. So Matata's been beaten off one four three. Maybe he ran to what mid one fifties, one four six in defeat that day at Cheltenham. He's probably run about as well again, hasn't he? I mean, mm. he's jumping. I mean, he was all he's borderline nuts, isn't he, Matata? He sort of just tears off, but he's jumping by that bizarre effort at the first. His lives have been really fluent. It's looked an asset. It's a bit like we're discussing with the classic getaway Manel Kakuna race. It could be a bit higher. I suspect the handicapper will be minded to not overreact. That's, that would be mm. my belief as well. Mine, I do. What was the was it the Henry the Seventh for the the novice chase earlier this season for the handicapper with absolutely bananas and gave it a really lofty official rating. Um, so it'll be interesting because if he did, if he was still under one fifty, you know, one four seven. I wonder, you know, would, would they have a decision to make? You know, do you run in the Arkle against Marine National and, and whatever Willie picks to run? And where, like, like, do we think he has a chance of winning the Arkle? Really? I, I don't know. You'd, you'd, need some, you'd need some divine intervention, I think. 
Whereas in a grand annual of that type of rating, like it could be quite interesting, I think. So um, yeah, we'll, see what the, we'll see what the handicapper does. I'd say just another thing on that point. If we're looking for these each way vehicles, really, we want those that are just going to creep into the race and play the hand late and maybe pick up pieces, mm. don't you? Whereas he's sort of, they ride him in a manner to make use of his jumping for obvious reasons. And he might just end up paying for trying to beat Marine National. Just that general point, that general, that British novice chase scene seems to be taking a few knocks. You've had that Hermes Allen form line a bit let down by Nickelback. Nickelback was kicked out of the way by Master Chewy, who in turn has been defeated comprehensively on the weekend. There wouldn't be a, a real standout over here, certainly not when you compare it to likes of Marine National. Mm. Daryl, what about you? JPR well, I, think, I think they've wrapped it up pretty well there, really. I mean, he was you've got to remember he was there was five runners in the field. He went off at six to one seconds, you know, there's only one horse that went off a bigger price than he did. I thought this day everything went spectacularly well for him. Obviously, Dan's mentioned the carnage at the first. I think that knocked Master Chewy pretty much out of it. He was much on the back foot from there on in. It was a pretty much a two-horse race. He didn't miss a miss a beat. He, you know, he's very quick. He's very fast. He's very fluent over his his obstacles. The concern I have with horses like that are that he's done absolutely everything spot on there. And Matata, I know he's won snugly enough, but Matata was really putting in a fine finishing effort. Mm. He had lost a bit of ground going out to the left and hitting a couple of fences on the way round. I always just ask myself, sort of like, if everything's gone that perfectly for him, and he's still not sort of giving you that feeling of Jesus Christ, he's a good horse. Then perhaps he's not that great of a horse. Don't get me wrong, a one fifty horse you'd chase her, you'd love to, you'd love to have him. I think he'd yeah. be rating it at like one four nine. But when we're talking about an Arkle, we're talking about one sixty plus horses. You know, there's mm. a big difference between a one fifty chaser and a one sixty chaser. Yeah. 10 pounds for a start but then but, but then the arcles the arcles sometimes you just want to take your hand do you know what i mean like it's the yeah, arc no, i totally agree and and i wouldn't you know put connections off of jpr1 taking it taking a, a stab at the arc and, and to be honest the same with the runner-up matata as well because i think mm. he's he'd, he'd add an interesting element to it my point just being is if it's very tempting i said this couple of weeks ago it's very tempting to continue to find these horses that are going to be placed second and third and i think it's a very dangerous game to play um so my approach is always to look for the winner. Is he 160 plus? I'm not entirely sure, but he's a lovely horse, no doubt. And forgive, very, forgive, very. forgive me now. I'm just giggling away at my own stupidity. I haven't called the Henry the Eighth, the Henry the Seventh. Wrong Henry. Henry the Eighth was the fellow with all the wives, wasn't he? Yeah, he was. <laughs> and I get extra sick because it was the Betfair Henry the Eighth as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think they gave the winner in that 150, Dad. Um, the Patron, um, huh? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Kevin, I was wondering where those you. from the Henry VIII, what, what, where they'll be heading next time, yeah? We having that one? Yeah. <laughs> be oh, heading? Christ. Yeah, Henry VIII, we thank you. Oh, well done, Dan Barber. <laughs> well, no, but Kev, we aren't going to poke you about that mistake. I mean, goodness me. We... <laughs> I, I make enough of them, don't worry. <laughs> so do I. We, we should really have a blooper show at the end of the whole of our Cheltenham Only Better show. <laughs> goodness me, that would be fun if we took uh, just before we go on recording. Um. Dank, um, yes, I was going to move on to hurdlers now. Nice little section. And the first horse we're going to touch upon is Nurse Susan for Dan Skelton after the Lingfield win. Yeah, I really like her. Really like her. I mean, Daryl and I on Race Only Better put her up the day she sort of bounced back at Cheltenham to some extent. But bear in mind, this is a mare now, formerly Philly, of course, who was 
really promising as a novice and then she had a setback. She didn't do any racing in bumpers, didn't do any racing in point to points. And I still think there's been an element the last twice that she's still still quite green. She got to the front at Cheltenham after obviously Bonte had unseated when looking a threat. Got to the front of Cheltenham and then sort of hung right in front and did no more than necessary when there. And I got the sense as well at Linkfield. Yes, she's only beating Ramo, but he's a he's a pretty solid handicapper who's been running really well all season. Got the sense there that she was just hesitating slightly to really knuckle down and put her best foot forward. And I'm, I'm inclined to just put that down to general inexperience. I think there's more to come from her. I mean, we've seen those colours land significant gambles with the likes of Langadan. And that was that was quite another one, wasn't it? He, she was really strong in the market. They obviously think she's still probably a 140 mare, ultimately. And that would be enough to see you competitive, potentially, I'd say more in a handicap, mm. Mark Pending, yeah. than maybe going for the mare's race, in which Willie will probably have six that are weighted a fair bit higher than her. That was exactly but, my thinking, because, we, I mean, on the running order here, we've got... Stayers hurdle and uh, and uh, mayor's hurdle, but you know there's still you know if they want to go to the three mile route, there's still time to qualify for the attempts at Musselburgh oh, X yeah, next boy, month, yeah. mm. um, something like that, or uh, you know as you said, uh, the Coral Cup. I know they got Langer Dam, but I would be taking advantage of that handicap market for you. If it mm. was me, she's very unexposed. Yeah, fair yeah, enough. And, uh, Sorry, Kate. Gremlins in the system. <laughs> no, I just want to stick with Daryl just just for a sec because Nurse Susan thirty three to one into twenty to one for the mare's hurdle, sixty six to one into forty to one for the stayers hurdle. Like you already alluded to, Daryl, you mentioned those just to give the prices from the Betfast Sportsbook. But Daryl, we're talking about the Dan Skelton horses. I really wanted to just weave in a question here from Neil Dawkins. I thought it was interesting, and I thought you'd quite like it. It's which Skelton handicapper, if any, appeals most at the moment. And what was your most disappointing result at previous festivals? You've got two oh, questions delightful. there. I know. Oh, Sorry. Yeah, Sorry, well, Daryl. <laughs> well, this now, Susan, would obviously be, be a bit of big interest. There's another one that I've got on the radar, but I'm not sure if he's going to be a, a Kelso Moore battle hurdle horse or a, perhaps an Imperial Cup horse, but that's Lacta Constance, who we haven't seen much of since he ran behind Park Annecy at, at Haydock. Um, he's a horse going the right way. But yeah, no, Susan for handicaps. Worst, most disappointing result at festival. <laughs> When um, Champ got beaten in the Ballymore by City Island, who has done bugger all since. Since. And uh, <laughs> I was on at 33 to 1 for Champ that day, and I was sick. I was stood by watching it, and I, I just couldn't believe my eyes that he'd been beaten by this horse. That makes me feel slightly sick for you, mm. even now. Uh, Mr. Uh, Bates. I, I tell you, I, I've, I've, yeah, Nurse Susan, yeah, I, I'd go to handicap route as well, definitely. Um, she's the type I'd agree with Dan like she looks gawky like you watch her coming down to the last and um, the other day like she's pricking her ears at it um, you know 30 40 yards away from it I'd say there's more there and um, you'd love to get her qualified for the pretense that'd be the way to go a lot easier get get qualified in the UK than in Ireland um, and Dan you, you, you'd be surprised if he wasn't thinking along those lines um, so yeah, next start will, will reveal plenty. I might give you an answer for for the the question as well, Matthew, oh, yeah, about yeah. about Dan Skelton's handicapper because there's a horse there. I've had my eye in him all season. <laughs> I know what you're about to say. <laughs> no, they have my don't. name in it as well. <laughs> <laughs> and he hasn't been sighted this season, but I think they might be hatching a plan, lads. <laughs> <laughs> 
Did you see that obviously I'm obviously talking of a langer Dan? Did you see I'd look on Sunday? I had to laugh. Yeah, uh, Nick Nick asked him, Well Dan, any handicappers to keep an eye on and the way he asked it, and poor Skelton got so defensive. He's like basically, I know you're talking about Langer Dan, but he's not easy. He's had lots of problems. Yeah, do you know, do you know what's bad about him, right? He, he's currently ten to one second five, obviously, for the race. It'll right? be an absolute place lay on the day, I'd say, you know. Would you would you just would you just back him now at ten? to one and just then forget about him or <laughs> or would you sit there on the day and would you see his price start coming in and in and in and thinking oh, the Betfair SPs of the lead up runs are making me laugh <laughs> He's, he went of 172.9 on Betfair for the Lanzarote <laughs> and, and, uh, now look at it I'm skinning the game with Langer Dan now because two years ago I, I was banging the drum saying that this was the most generous piece of handicapping I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> Dr- dropping him, whatever it was, three pounds for what oh, was the that. most blatant prep run you'll ever see in your life. And he wasn't beaten far and they dropped the three pounds. Like, <laughs> this is this is criminal what's going on here. And then <laughs> racing has a way, lads. Racing has a way. The good Lord above <laughs> got him dropped out in a second. That prep run, that prep run was at Taunton, I think. And um, I did a preview yeah. at with Paul Nichols in the um, and I and I said, look, this Langer Dan, he's got a big chance. And Paul went, that scruffy little thing, that's got no chance. <laughs> uh, now, in fairness, he came back the following year and, and got the job done. And I, I, I did have him on side. Which which was much appreciated for that in that particular year, but uh, yeah, I wouldn't be in in all fairness. I know it's we're we're being snide, but um, I he's going to go off too short this year, regardless. And I would believe that. Apparently, he's surgery after yeah yeah after his win at Cheltenham with some brand tendon surgery. So um, you know, his form this time might be a little bit more reflective of reality. Yeah, he could be gone. It's so easy to assume. Oh well, they'll they'll get him ready for Cheltenham. But what if he has gone? I mean, he could be. Yeah, like I'd I'd imagine I'd I'd be recommending a place they come the time. But uh, the best of luck to them in in getting them getting him back. Jesus, I've got to get myself back now. I've got face ache from all that laughing. Um, <laughs> hurdlers, right? Harmonia Maker, fifty to one into sixteen to one for the mare's chase. Of course, the Gordon Elliott seven-year-old mare won at Turles. Um, it's fair. Turles, Turles, Natalie. I tried we, really we, hard we, then. We don't, we don't want that Tony Calvin get away with it, so we better not <laughs> let you get away with it. Turles. <laughs> That's Turles. it. Yeah. <laughs> Turles. So it's probably <laughs> fair to say, in a way, um, he sort of bounced back, really. It was a good performance. Who wants to start us off then with him on your maker? Ah, she's too unreliable, isn't she? She's too yeah. unreliable to put any serious backing behind her. She's, she's got to be horse. on her game, hasn't she, Daryl? She's yeah, got to she, be. Yeah, she's a good horse, but could you trust her? She's been kept solely right-handed as well. I don't know if there's anything in that. She ran left-handed twice in bumpers. I'm not sure there's anything in keeping her right-handed over obstacles, but... Her jumping was bizarre, wasn't it? It was at the court race where she was absolutely all over the place. Jump, she was Mm. jumping so badly left. Yeah, look, she was she was four and a half seconds faster than Alaho over the same course of distance. She must <laughs> be an absolute good thing in the Ryanair if they stick her in. <laughs> uh, no, I, I jest the course, um, but yeah, look, it was, it, was a solid, it was a solid performance, wasn't it? But um, I don't think it'll be having major ramifications on the old mayor's chase. But um, look, she should be entitled to go there with a chance, won't she? Yeah, no, I agree. Well, I reckon we should move on to our chasers division now because obviously this is what I'm quite excited uh, about getting stuck into and hearing 
uh, what you guys think then of the performances. First, I think, Daryl, let's start with you on the beautiful, oh, I love this horse, um, Alaho, won it for the third time, travelled strongly, made all. You know, you know, I like a little fairy tale, Daryl. I basically live in a bubble. Yeah, so don't, but don't like, burst it for me. Another, He's going to burst it. He's this was another Alaho freebie, wasn't it? Like, it, yeah. I, I thought the price cut for what he did at Thurles was uh, was <laughs> was a little bit sort of. I suppose the sports book actually didn't go over the top. A few firms did go over the top. They only they only nipped him in a little bit. But look, appreciated didn't want to go in. He's, he's a horse that's been involved in a pace pressure or pushing the pace or leading in his last four starts. He didn't want to get involved. Danny Mullins sat was happy at the off just to sit back in third and just let Alaho get on with it. At the end of the day, he's dictated, he's, he's dictated a, a very slowly running race. Kev just jested there about the about the comparison with the mayor's the mayor's chase, but that that is the case. He was much much slower. Um, now there could be many factors for that. There could be a deteriorating ground factor, the fact that he had such a soft lead and he he didn't have to go any quicker than than he did. Um, it's probably far too simplistic to say he's not the horse he once was on that sole comparison. But Statler's in second. This is a National Hunt Chase horse that's one over three miles six, and he had no trouble laying up with his pace. So that'll just tell you how you know steady they went. If you look back at the John Durkin when he ran in there, he was off. The, that was a steadily run race, but he was still off the bridle trying to keep up with them. Mm-hmm. But the question we've got to ask ourselves is, like, where do you sit with Alaho? Because this performance didn't really tell us a great deal. Uh, I suppose those diehard fans will be saying, yeah, he's back. He's won he's by back. 13 lengths, you know. Yeah, but, they, you know, th- those of us that are trying to knock him or trying to pick holes in what is a favourite, and rightly so, what is a favourite at the festival, I think we're a little bit more suspect because um, yeah. he's not putting no big figures up like he did a couple of years ago. Um, he's been allowed his own, his own way out, out in front. My gut feeling is that, that he's not the electric Ryanair winner that we saw from years mm-hmm. past. Um the RPR, the Racing Post handicapper, seems to seems to think he's as good as ever. His three performances this year, he's given him 170, 172, and this one, 173. So he's given him a, a better rating on this performance than he did in the King George. Now, I would completely ignore that because I completely disagree. I didn't run into the to the low 160s at Thurless. Um, so I'd completely ignore that. That's based off speed figures and other bits and pieces. Um, but You've got to take into account that he probably was running over the wrong trip in the King George. So, and you've got to take into account that Shishkin did come down. And, and my speed figures on mm. that race in the King George told us that Shishkin was going away from Alaho and Brave Man's game and Hewick. So I, I put him down as I thought Shishkin would have won by five lengths. That probably would have took his rating down to about 167. Now, if you put that into sort of a Ryanair context, and I know I've thrown out a lot of ratings here, but if we take 170, put that into a Ryanair context. He would have won three of the last eight Ryanairs. That's without him running in it, obviously. Um, and the other five, that would have beat him surpassed 170. So you sort of have to contextualise it and say, well, can Alaho run to that 170? Is that 170 even good enough? Because we know he's probably not hitting those 180 numbers that he was previously. Is that 170 good enough? And then you sort of look down the list and you see who's, who's there he's going to run against. You've got Banbridge, you put up a... 169 on his seasonal return. You know, mm. you expect him to improve in that. Lightly raced horse. If the ground comes right, he could easily surpass that. Um, you've got Stage Star, who's already done 171. Envoy Allen did 167 last year with Shishkin behind. And is Allo going to get to be able to dictate this race as he did at Thurless last time? I don't think he is. So, look, I think he's the correct favourite for the race. I think the 5-2 to two is fair if the race was run tomorrow. 
But if he was any shorter than that, with the protagonist that I just mentioned that was still in the race, I think you'd have to take him on. Mm. No, and some really, yeah, some really interesting points there. And 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 Dan, it'd be interesting to get your taking it. Yeah, three to one into five to one for the Ryanair Alaho, and also who who you like. I, I like Stage Star, but Dan, it'd be good to get your sort of analysis on, on what you think about Alaho. But Daryl, that was yeah, no, it's really interesting actually to to make that comparison. It's fascinating. Yeah, well, I have no doubt this horse is best when he's forcing the pace over the sort of trip that he's tackled in the Ryanair and demolished it twice, but. By the same token, he did win a Punchestown Gold Cup, beating Album Photo and Ken Boyatel by a mile over three miles. So that's what I'm sort of viewing it through, the fact that a peak Alaho would have won that King George for me, mm. even ridden slightly differently. In the end, he's buckled late on, finished third, edged out for second by Brave Man's Game, who hasn't looked like the same force this season either. Mm. Daryl mentions a key point, I thought, the weekend. He's sort of... What I mean, I had no idea what Statler could do going into that race, and I don't have any idea what he achieved on the day because Statler didn't pick his feet up in the Gold Cup and he ran miserably on his return as well. He was 20s, rag of four. He was the third choice of the Mullins horses, yet he was the one who put it up to some extent briefly to Alaho. Love this horse. I think he's been an absolutely brilliant animal, one of the best chases of modern times. I don't think that's, that's going over the top. I think we've seen three pieces of evidence this season that suggest after missing 560-odd days prior to his return, and he's now 10. Well, he, I know it's Mullins, but it, it's understandable if this horse is 10 or £12 pounds short of his brilliant best. And I know he's a lot bigger price this time around than he has been anti-post in previous editions, but I still just don't want to back him at 5-2. to two. And you've also got the question of slogging around in the mud the other day with that injury problem that kept mm. him off the track will three races that have been pretty grueling ultimately take a toll on him as well yeah very very fair point kev you know he'd remind you a little bit now and i know it's not the same he'd remind you a little bit of the conundrum that was presented by sprinter sacra when he came back um we knew we know like peak level alaho would, would eat all these for breakfast but the evidence that we're seeing is suggesting he's not peak level he's clearly still very high level and he might be still high level enough to win a Ryanair, but you have to you have to work out what price you think is acceptable um, mm. for for the for the potential for that outcome. And again, a little bit like we view Clamel, you know, I just don't think you can take anything from this. Um, like I know people are always going to handicappers are always slow to to put really really uh, punchly low ratings on races like this, but like here in Clamel. Like the evidence of the clock is telling you that he probably hasn't run to within anything like, you know, what he did at Kempton even, you know. And look, I know there's there's the potential for the ground having gone downhill in the half an hour or so um between the mayor's race and this, but like like the mayor's race was only a second or so in front of Alaho's race with a circuit to run and it ended up being four and a half seconds ahead. You know, like he, he really should be showing you more than that on the clock. Um, and I don't think anything behind him ran any sort of race at all, basically. So I wouldn't be putting any stock in it, is the motto of the story. Mm. Um, going back the other way around is going to be a help to him. Look, the Ryanair course and distance has shown him to brilliant effect um, in the past, but he just, I just don't know if the same sparkles there. Mm. And um, I just, I, my, I would instinctively be cautious. Um, when you're you're going, I know it's not going to be super deep in behind them, but you have a horse like Banbridge who, who is marching forward, 
And if he gets conditions, you know, we'll we'll have a right chance of running to mm. one set one seventy, hopefully. Um, so I I would just view it with caution. Um, I I really I really would, you know, it it, it seemed and like and something to bear in mind. Richard O'Brien, the trainer, made the point on the old tweet machine, um, there this morning or last night that um that it's probably it might be a little bit unfair to pick at the clock with him because the conditions were so bad. Like we were in the the very early stages of, of storm Isha or whatever it was called. Um, at the time this race was run, like Tardis is only twenty minutes away from here. Like it was really windy and rainy. Um and tough conditions for a horse to, to show you all they have, but um yeah, yeah the only just... problem I'd have with that, Kev, is that if the King George, like the comparison with with Villette Francais, like mm. was was there was it was non-existent. Like Ile Francais and Hermes Allen were they blitzed them. Do you know what I mean? Mm. At, at every point, and and I'll take your point where you said about you know, or Dan said a, a peak ally would have been winning that King George, and that's the other niggling thing at the back of my mind is that. Even on his best performance this season, or what we're talking about is the best performance this season, which has been in the King George. Even that's not that's not anywhere near his peak form. Yeah, like, like has he has he broken one seventy this season? I'd say probably not. I'm staggered by those yeah. RPRs. I've got to say we we had him one sixty, one six six, one six six. I think this season, and even those are too high, Dan. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm closer to you, so that, I was quite shocked by those RPRs. <laughs> Sort it out, Dan. Um, what did they have Statler running to on over two and a half miles mm, if they're rating in one seven odd? Uh, what did they have? One fifty. One second. <laughs> Feels a stretch. It is. Yeah. <laughs> well, let, one fifty. Yeah, it's one fifty. A horse I um do do really like, Daryl. Love to start with you. I hope you share my opinion. You might not. Fair enough. Um, Lahm Press uh, Lingfield. Then he's look. He's been off the track as we know more than a year. Um, I, what what I like about this horse is I think he's earned his place in the Gold Cup. Am I saying he's the Gold Cup winner? No, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying I think he's earned his place. He's fourteen to one into nine to one now on the Gold Cup. Um, on the Betfair Sportsbook. So what are your thoughts, Daryl? Yeah, and rightly so. And rightly <clears> so. I, I really, I thought this was a great performance. I thought he was very rusty, ring rusty early on. He warmed into his task. I just, I just love watching this horse. I love watching the technique that that uh, chasers make when they when they're jumping fences. And this lad just, I know he did early on in the race, but once he warmed to the top, he just never misses a beat, does he? He's got mm. that beautiful long stride. He seems to gain ground over his fences. Deutsch seems to really suit that type, doesn't he, George? Yeah. Even if they get him Definitely. into the bottom of it, he just they just manage to... Yeah. It, it's an absolute joy to watch. And um, I thought that this was the best Protector at... I've seen Protector... I saw Protector at Haydock uh, when him and Brave Man's Game took each other on. And um, he was beaten miles, miles out. And I, I, did, I haven't seen a better Protector at than I'd seen at Lingfield. Um, I agree with that. La Hompress, I thought very comfortably held him. Held him. Now, if you look at the the facts and the figures, then then you know it. He was he was getting a couple of pounds and he's beaten a couple of lengths. But I thought it was more snug than that. I thought it was a really good performance. And I keep going back to Lompress's Brown Advisory win, um, a, a race that's worked out tremendously well. But I just keep watching him in the final hundred yards of that race, and I'm sure that he's quickening away again. Yeah. And I just think if we get a bit of dig in the ground, I mean, look, Galloping de Champs is obviously a, a worldie. He's an absolute superstar. But I wouldn't say that the Hombres couldn't win the Gold Cup. No. No, I, 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 no, I, look, I love him. I just hate mm. throwing. I'm, I kind of, I just loved 
that reappearance. He does everything right. He's a gorgeous, gorgeous horse, like you say, the cut in the ground. So we shall see. But overall, it was very, very pleasing. Um, Kev, can I just change tack slightly with you and talk about Fern's Lock, which is <clears throat> four to one into eleven to four. Hunter's Chaser, the Turlers winner that did everything right, because I was hoping you'd have a bit more insights on Fern's Lock. Yeah, look, look, an obvious one now for the Fox Hunter, um, or God, they call it something else now, don't they? Um, the, yeah, the James's Place. Something? That's, that's something like that, yeah. St. James's Place Festival Challenge Cup Open Hunter's Chase really rolls off the top. <laughs> I just got it as Hunter's uh, Chase. I just, have, I just say Hunter's Chase, yeah. yeah. Whatever you do, don't mention the Fox. Um, no, <laughs> don't mention the Fox. <laughs> oh, Derek. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, he was he was really good. Um, look, he he was clearly expected to win, but you, you'd love the style. Like he's he's very polished. Um, jump great, made all, didn't come off the bridle, easy peasy. Um, cut into a pretty short price for the race now. Um, and look, you know what the fox, you know what the St James's Place Challenge Cup Hunters Chase is like. You you tend to get a mix of um these um what what would you call um. <laughs> this type of horse, so the type of horse that should be, you know, all being well, fav for the, the St. James's Place Challenge Cup, Hunter's Chase, uh, one, one that's come up through, one that's come up through the ranks um, of point to points and Hunter Chases rather than being one that was, you know, a really good horse that's that's on the way back down and got, got a hunt, got a Hunter certain um, away to go. So for that reason alone, you kind of, you'd like to see him um, go and, and go and win. And, and oh, I think it doesn't, um, Barry O'Neill, Oh, I don't want to scandalise him if it's not right. I don't think he's had a Cheltenham winner. He's had a couple of really close calls. Um, Bon, he goes by. And, um, you know, real top amateur. And uh, I might be recollecting wrong, but um, he's had some kind of horrendous bad beats at Cheltenham. Um, and, you know, top, top lad. So uh, top amateur. So it would be great if uh, if he could get the job done. And um, I kind of hope he does. I, I like this type of horse to go and yeah. um, to go and win the, the St James's Place Festival Challenge Cup. Um, <laughs> rather than like Sam, like, like, like Sam Crow's, <laughs> Sam Crow's going to be up amongst the fancy horses for this race. Um, but you know, best of luck to him. Great that he's still bopping away. But um, yeah, yeah. Basically, Nat. Basically, Nat. None of us know fucking anything about anything. chases <laughs> and and the fact that he's got such a long name just helps us bulk out what we're saying a load of <laughs> great great for the old word counts <laughs> well i i've in, i've enjoyed it because um that absolutely tickled me um dan sam, sam crow's won his last four and point to points come on sam crow, <laughs> oh, sam crow. better, uh, better than jesus says he was once known Stop it. Dad, something that might be of big interest to you is the juvenile hurdlers section, which is give me five, 25 to one for the triumph hurdle on the Betfair sports book for Harry Durham, who doesn't seem to do any wrong at the moment. A uh, really good stride in his training career. Obviously, lovely guy as well. Um, that Warwick win. Dan Barber, duh, duh, duh. take it away. Yeah, well, we were asked for a performance of the week. The other two, understandably, on a week where we barely saw any horses running anyway over jumps, um, decided that there wasn't anything of significance. But I want to give this horse a shout and it'll cover both bases then, won't he? But yeah. I do... There's that... Uh, the, the Triumph Hurdle trial on Saturday at Trials Day is going to be so revealing because you've got Sergino, Salva and Burdette Road. I don't know if I put this horse into that sort of you know, that category, give me five. But he might get underrated because of his flat 
rating before he came jumping. But I just wonder if Johnny Mertz didn't like get to the bottom of his stamina because his jumping was really good. He was ridden with real intent against horses that had already been placed in juvenile hurdles. And he just kept opening up. It was just a, a win full of stamina, pace, enthusiasm. I, d I certainly wouldn't underestimate him. I thought it was a pretty faultless display. He's got a lot of experience, which is never a bad thing in races like that. I think it's fair to say the picture in Ireland is rather less clear than it has been in previous years when you've had Willie would have a, a lossy mouth or a Gallimard so as he had last year or a blood destiny. Whether he's got the same wealth this time around, I'm not so sure. He may be more Fred Winter, to be honest, Nat, than than Triumph, but I thought mm -hmm. he did an awful lot right. And just the general point of those, this Salva story is pretty amazing for the Triumph. I mean... He ran. I don't how they got him. I want to know. So I'll ask on Saturday if I have to. He he, he ran once on the flat at San Siro, barely beat a rival in Italy. Mm. Was never see. Didn't run again after that. Then suddenly he pitches up and wins three juvenile hurdles in impressive fashion. What the sourcing of him was? He, he, but he was part of the sales in France in early sure, wasn't he? Yeah, it just seems a bit mad. I think he changed hands. Yeah. You're like, what did that? He's such genius sourcing. Like, you see this also tailed off at San Siro. Oh, we'll make a great juvenile hurdle. We'll have it. Yeah, then. yeah, it's one <laughs> of those, impressive. isn't it? Well, yeah, it's, what is um, the story? He's, um, he's um he, he's a half to Salier, and he went to the sales, and and um he went to like the July sale in France, and someone obviously must have just you know buy motivator half to Salier. Right. Like okay. Why not have a whack twenty five grand? Um, that, that that's what happened. So well done to the Welsh. About a zero now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, very well spotted. So, Dan Barber, your performance of the week is Gimme 5. As you already said, Kev and Daryl have decided to sit out this week. So, it's always no pressure. We'll give you all the prices from the BetFest Sportsbook. Does anybody have a strong, you don't have to, opinion or want to talk about our bumper section? We've got two horses here. William Money, 25 to 1, uh, and Sester Chance at 25 to 1. Any takers for those two horses or do you want to sit them out? <laughs> that's it wonderful okay well we can move on to section two now this is really fun dan something we've not done before uh, a different segment for this week's show and what we're going to do is look at the six strong favorites heading into this year's cheltenham festival and the panel putting up their cases to either back or lay the horses at this current moment at their current prices for these specific races. So hopefully that makes total sense, hopefully. So basically, this is the six fabs, quite obvious, but Constitution Hill, Champion Hurdle, one to three on, back or lay. Who wants to kick us off with Constitution Hill? I, I can do it. Because <laughs> I, I suspected it would be easy. Yes, <laughs> um, you know, no, no one could make a coaching case to oppose them, could they? Um, bar you hope he's, he's extra long at one and 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 takes a tumble, uh, which would be pretty macabre stuff. Um, because there's there's nothing there within um an ass's roar of him. Um, Stave man, you know, is a very very good horse, but he's Constitution is quite possibly the best we've seen. Yeah. Ever, you know, in recent decades, um, you're gonna attach that sort since of since we've been him, alive, so. Kev. Since no, we've been you, alive, I'm telling you. Um, and and he'll certainly go there fresh and well. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> so, so yeah, um, yeah. I, I I think people will find it very very difficult to oppose him. Daryl, yeah, back. 
Dan? Yeah, but part of me, it's weird this. You don't want to think like this. Half of me, part of me, the devil in me thinks I'd like to see him just get beaten one day just to try and encourage some, you know, <laughs> well, with that one beat, when the, when the O's got to go, as they used to say in boxing, when you lose that for the first time, then the, yeah. the shackles come off. Maybe we'll see him campaign a bit more aggressively then. Yeah, Dan, based on, on the replies to my to my at the races column this week, you are not alone <laughs> in, in, in that few. <laughs> You're not alone. Well, Daryl, let's start with you on Marine National for the article 47 back or lay. Uh, this is a bit tricky because the RF is just mm. around the corner. Um, yeah. Yeah. And, you know, you can make the mistake. I mean, look, we know he's a, a brilliant horse, but, you know, you can make the mistake of uh, judging a horse on, on, on their first run over fences. And sometimes they don't always back it up. Um, sometimes they start getting little, putting little niggly errors in here, there and everywhere. So you'd have to see him again. But at a minute, I don't think there's too much opposition to take him on. So I'm going to say back. Kev? Um, tricky one this, like, because it... You know, we're still trying to work out what in the name of God will take him on. Um, at Leopardstown, I don't know if he's going to face a really tough task. I think, you know, you look at the betting there and Willie's got the third, fourth, fifth, sixth favourite and like, will any of them run even? I, I, I don't know. I'm sure one will. Um, you found a 50 there who, you know, I, I don't think is 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 of this level. Perhaps. How, um, how has Fasol Vega become the, the forgotten horse in it? Mm. Yeah, well, will he run him, I suppose, is the question mark, because we have the, we have those doubts creeping in as to what he wants to do with him trip-wise. Mm. Um, I suppose if they want to find out, they take him on at Leopardstown and see what happens. Um, but look, if you, if you had to pin me to the old wall, which, which you're clearly doing here, Natalie. I'm trying, but I'm getting a very politician answer. Yeah, yeah I'm good at, good at talking. Um, <laughs> at, the, at the current price, I'd probably be inclined towards laying and then reassessing the situation <laughs> come, yeah. the, come, come the Tuesday morning. Yeah, my like, belief on it would just be like, how much shorter can he go if he lands very mm. short odds at the DRF? I mean, can yeah, they could squeeze him into two's on four to nine mm. maybe but it sort of feels like he can do more harm to his chance in a weird way in mm. terms of the market that makes sense well el fabiolo the champion chase four to five back or lay back at you daracata oh back him all day back oh, him all day i can't stand this absolute nonsense where people think john bond's going to reverse the form how <laughs> He is a machine, El Fabiolo. He is a machine. He is a machine. He's jumping. I thought he jumped as well as he had ever had on his seasonal return. Um, that's a, a, a department that can be improved. His engine is far bigger than John Bond's. Um, for me, I think it's very difficult to find him ways to get him beat. Yeah, I'm. A, I'm. I think he's a, yeah a V8. John Bond's a V6. Both good horses, but that V8. They cars. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. You like John Bond, then? Dan, yeah. you can't pass. It's no, I won't pass. It's not back lay or pass. I do, I do like. Um, obviously, yeah, I do like John Bond. He's got a big engine as well. Does. But I'm not going to lay El Fabiola at four to five when there's still the chance of some sort of switcheroo that sends John Bond to the Ryanair in any Ooh. case. It's probably not going to happen now, though, is it? Because he's going to be, he's going to be tens on. Um, in the Claire in the in the in the meaningful re- reschedule of Clarence House, um, and El Fabiolo is going to be very short at um at Leopardstown, so probably not a whole lot's going to happen. They're both going to go and win with their mouths open, and we'll we'll arrive with 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 the similar 
setup here, which is we've already seen this a few times, lads, and most recently El Fabiolo looks just better than John Bon. Feels I'm like a class you could market this though, doesn't it? From a sporting perspective, you know, they've they've had a couple of goes at each other already. It's it's a proper clash between the two. Yeah, it is. Yeah, is I, it? I think I think there's a little <laughs> bit of distance between them. Um, yeah. But the thing, but look, I suppose the thing is, the thing that makes it interesting um, from a clash point of view is El Fabiolo, like as we know, very much has it in him to 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 get a bit of a brain fart and headbutt offence. Um, yeah. Like he, he hasn't paid the price for it yet, but we have seen it a couple of times. And then, you know, what the champion chase is like if it comes at the wrong time, um, you know, just a mistake that doesn't result in an exit. It can be a bit of an equaliser. Um, yeah, because so, John Bond like, doesn't really make that, those mistakes. Yeah, it's good. It's fair. Like that, that's the that's the thing that that make that that would that would have you up at night if you were heavily with El Fabiolo. But look, um, usually it pays in in the great game to um to to try and keep it as simple as back the best horse. I I think El Fabiolo, we've seen him versus John Bon enough now to 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 conclude with a reasonable degree of certainty that is that he's at least a few lengths better than him when things are relatively equal. So um yeah, I'd be leaning that way back. The back Gaelic warrior for the Turners, Daryl, five to four, back or lay. This is another tricky one because mm. I want to see him on a left-handed track. Mm. Um, I play slay, play slay. What about that? Yeah, mm. the old muscle <laughs> um, flyer approach. Well, I kind of yeah. think that that is the like that is it though, Dan. Like he, he, I think he either wins and absolutely hoses up, or or he kind of. Finishes down the pack a bit, you know. Um, if that if that jumping out to the right does does cause him to lose too much ground, so oh, he's put up some big numbers though, mm. big numbers. I'm gonna have to say lay for now until I know yeah. more. The market could easily. He's one of those. If you lay him at five to four, and he only has to do it at the first couple, and they'll be queuing up to lay him at bigger than that. Definitely. Mm. Like I think of all the of all the backsy lazies we're uh, we're talking about uh, today, and with you know assuming the pieces stay somewhat similar between now and March, like I think this fellow will be the big opinion horse of the week. Like yeah. I think he he'll be at the price he is. Is like there's there's going to be a lot of people that are happy to take him on, and a lot of people that want to lash in. Um. So it, like I I find him fascinating. I found him fascinating from the get go. Really. Um. Like the the change in track. Can only help him. Like the, the new course will be a help to him compared to the old course. And uh, and that is a factor. And look at like I so thought sorry, the, Kev, I, was that was that back or lay? Sorry, I didn't hear that bit. I, I I think it's I think it's gonna be a back because I think like if and Mullins, like they, they generally be good to make a plan. Like I thought they 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 had it, they were onto something there. you he won a big handicap hurdle at the Dublin Racing Festival last year. And like that, they had a bit of a chaperone upsides them for much of the race <laughs> to, to help him and stop him going too far right. And like, to, to be honest, if it was me and like the stakes are very high, like I would be thinking about it to that level, like to have a stable mate there that can go forward and just sit, sit up, sit upside them mm-hmm. and just hopefully pop along there. And, and yeah. you know, you, you need a good jumper to do it because he's such a, such an aggressive low jumper. But I, I think you have to be thinking a little bit that way to, 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 to try and lean every possible advantage you can in, in your favor, um, but again, to, to simplify and probably oversimplify things, like I, I think he's the best horse in the race, and probably by a margin, bar we get we get an epic switch switchy, 
um, from 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 uh, and uh, something ends something ends up in this that we're not expecting. Um, but I, I don't know how much scope there is for that. So I'm a back with Gaelic Warrior at the minute. Okay, and Dan. I'd be lay as well for the reasons just discussed. I mean, it's the not knowing, isn't it? I mean, it could mm. be an absolute disaster. He could ping the first and be gun barrel straight throughout. But yeah. uh, be, being slightly cautious at this point, it'd be a lay. Yeah, okay, and I think the, I think the closer we get to the race, the more the the jump the jumping right is going to be emphasized. You know, you know the Cheltenham preview circuit is like, oh yeah, yeah, they'll be like, ah, Gaelic warrior, he'll end up in the car park, lads, yeah. in the front row. And uh, it, everyone it, it, trying it, it to outdo each other with the most, with the most it, it, outrageous. Like I wouldn't bet this horse at a million to one. Like really? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, wouldn't even, you wouldn't even, you wouldn't even trade out if you go back to a million. Oh, it gets yeah. so ridiculous. It's going to be fun. He'll be a fun horse, and a bit luck to it. In fairness. Yeah, he will. He will. Good talking point. Um, and Daryl Dino Blue, the mares chase six to four, back or lay? Yeah, like I do have concerns about her stamina, but it would be a back for me because. I just don't see there being too much depth in the race. So mm. I'll just hope that she would be able to get up the hill. Um, Mascard is interesting if she goes there at a big price. Um, but at the moment, it would be back, yeah. Dan Bacolet. Yeah, it would be back. And it's primarily, I think, a horse who's a match for his impervious who won the race last season. But the, the news was that she had a setback that was going to see her miss the first half of the campaign. We're well, we're not far... What are we? Two months into the second, you might even say, and we still haven't seen her, not seen any mm. news about her. So. I think she's out. I think she's out. Yeah, so it really does, same ownership as well, it really does sort of open the door for Dino Blue, who's made great strides. Bear in mind the price she went off last season for a handicap. Um, they've obviously knew that she was she was better than she was showing, and she seems to be really delivering on that at the minute. Yeah, Kev? Um, so... Um... Dino Blue. Yeah, trip's going to be interesting, isn't it? Like, like, in fairness, they've always loved her clearly, and the market moves around her would have told you that. Um, in her couple of visits to the Cheltenham Festival, and it's just taken a while for her to put it down on the track. Um, like, trip is the thing. Like, they're 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 gonna they're they're gonna they're gonna try and shoehorn her into this trip because the race is there. Um, like she looked, she'd look a champion chase mare really. Um, but. As as I've been kind of hammering into my own head for the last few years, is not to be getting too worked up about a half mile distance. Um, um, when when the class is there and like the class is clearly there, um, and you know we'll see if if a novice emerges as we've seen in recent seasons, um, late in the day, but like right now she, I think she just wins, doesn't she? Yeah, if it was anything like last year, if you recall, they just sort of dawdled until two out. Allegheny Devassi briefly got the jump on Impervious in a sprint finish. And then, mm. I mean, as long as she settles, she might just skin them for speed, won't she? Mm. You'd love to see her in the champion. God knows the champion chase yeah, needs a bit um, of depth. But, um... She might be there next year, hopefully. Mm. <laughs> I bet you she won't. <laughs> she wins hopefully, the best chase. Hopefully doing a lot of heavy lifting there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the last one then for Bacolet is... The wonderful electric jumper galloping Deschamps for the Gold Cup at even money. Dan Barber, back or lay? I'm a lay. And um, this is a very, very small sample size for farm analysis. But I don't think many people mentioned at all the obvious advantage he had at Punchestown in putting up that massive performance by going right round the houses. Mm. I mean... The the Mullins hall the Mullins crew seemed to have it sussed that you wanted to be wide. They all went that way. Mm. 
Bear in mind it was appreciated. Another Mullins horse who did the following and looked a threat. Blew out completely under different tactics. Maybe the race had left a mark, I don't know. Um, but that wasn't exactly a positive nod to that piece of form. The likes of I am Maximus, who we know are dour stayers, were unconscious having stuck to the inside. I thought it was a mark track bias. And I think that's the right way to ride him. I could see him getting beaten, though, if it, things unfold as they did last year. Daryl? Yeah, same as Dan. Um, I would lay even money. I think there's just think there's a couple of horses in there that just we're not just seeing the best of yet. And uh, like Shishkin, for example, is a fascinating tender for me. Like I, I can't wait to see him, see what yeah. he does. And well, I did say pre show that the, the only race to play it so far, I'd back Corrat Ramble at 50s each way for the Gold Cup, but Shishkin with only is my other bet as it stands. Yeah, and we've just spoke about Lauren Press. Um, mm. So look. Look, it's I, I don't want to back in a gold cup favorite even money. I don't want to back in any gold cup favorite really. But no, I, no, not, even, I don't. not even money. Not not even as well as good as Gallop and Deschamps. You, look, last year you look at the, the race last year. Like he only just started, sidestepped a horse and your. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. that's all it takes. Is is is? I know, and I know you can't really preempt that. But look, he's probably the best horse in the race. But I'm happy. To, I'm happy to find something to take him on. To be honest, yeah, I, I, I'd, I'd be the just... same, Kev. I just think it could be simpler this year. They'll ride him differently. You know, I think that they, they know now that that's the way to ride him is get forward, make the run and sit second, sit third. You know, that makes it so much simpler. Like it was a, it was a real problem last year for him to negotiate the path that he did um, because of what Gold Cups are like. But it, it'll be so much easier for Paul Townend to have the confidence to know like stamina is no issue. Just jump out, get positive, use his jumping. Um, and yeah, look, it, it'll be interesting to see what his performance level is like. Um, on past looking at the forecast and that, I wonder will it be will it end up being better ground for the Irish Gold Cup? Um, but like he's going to be a short price there, it's off the back of a big effort at Leopardstown. Like Dan says, I'd say there definitely was an element of um being in the right place, but still, he absolutely mollywhopped them. Um, so yeah, look, I, I'm probably inclined towards back, and I normally end up in the in the lay category with these shorties now. But there, there's a couple of there's a couple of ones I I'm finding it hard to to walk around, and and he'd be one of them. Fair enough. Well, that concludes our six current fabs. So thank you very much for your opinions on back or lay. Our sort of last section here is section three, our anti post preview, preview week nine. All the prices given from the Betfair Sportsbook, and this week. We are looking at the Albert Bartlett Novices Hurdle. Um, very exciting here. So I'm just going to give a quick recap of the prices for our listeners. High Class Heroes, 7-1. to one. Uh, Reading Tommy Wrong, 8-1. to one. Captain Teague, 14s. Lecky Watson, 14s. So we've got Lachlan, 14. Ballyburn at 16. Um, Blizzard of Oz, 16. Goodly Park at 16. Then we kind of go 16-1 to one for ages. And then 16-1 to one bar in the betting. Just to quickly give you the movers, <clears throat> my trump card, 25-1 to one into 16-1 to one for the Albert Bartlett. High Class Hero, 9-1 to one into 7-1, to one, as I've just given you. And... Um, Actually, a high class hero, 33 to 1 into 20 to 1 for the Ballymore. So, Dan, Barber, let's just start with you. How are you currently viewing the Albert Bartlett? Have you got a big price for us? Do you agree with the Fav? Give us your info. Well, uh, the Cello Hurdle hasn't exactly been a rich source of Cheltenham Festival winners next time, but it has been won by some 
absolutely brilliant animals down the years, the likes of Champ, Brave Man's Game. But it's one who played a more minor role this year, who I thought might be a bit of value. Captain Teague won it, probably idled. It was a slow-motion finish. I mean, the, the running seemed like it took two and a half years, and he just sort of kept doing enough to hold on. But I was quite taken by how the inexperienced Johnny Who got going late on. That's two and a half miles. He'll be stepping up to three. He's had only three runs in his career. He'd been very impressive on the first two. I think in form terms, finishing right on the heels of the likes of Lookaway, who's such a really solid, like, mm. high 130s handicapper with the prospect of better to come for a real slog the way he finished. He'd be my uh, shout for that race rather than the two that enhanced potentially their claims at the weekend. Yeah, okay, so Johnny Hugh then at 16-1 to 1 currently on the Betfest Sportsbook. Daryl Carter, the Albert Bartlett. Yeah, I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't disagree too much with Dan on Johnny Hugh. He runs, a, runs in the River Don on Saturday. I hope he can get the job done there and claim back some of my uh, um, cash from Newbury. Um, but I, I actually think if Reed and Tommy Wrong comes in here, I actually think he's he, he's quite a way ahead of a lot of these. Uh, a lot of these I've got run into low, very, very low 140s most into the mid 130s whereas reading Tommy wrong I think he's going the right way to, to push 150 so I, I'm I'm very keen on him I think beating Il Atlantique at, at, at Nace I thought is a very strong piece of form I think Il Atlantique's a pretty solid horse the time figure that day was really good I thought he was well worth an upgrade considering I mean we spoke about him a couple of weeks ago considering his jumping considering where he was positioned in the race and I thought he went through it with tons in hand so if he does come in here I would almost certainly be be siding with him. There's there's a few uh, bigger prices you can just have a quick look, sort of look at. Um, I will be Bay is is interesting. He could have a bit more to come. Um, that's a horse going the right way. Did a good speed figure at Fairy House. Um, it did jump slightly to the right down at the last two, so that'd be a, a bit of a concern. Um, and I, I put up better days ahead at thirty three to one. A few starts back. I have no idea why they've been running him over two miles and two and a half miles. But this is, I think this is only festival festival entry. Um, he's going to have to improve significantly on what he's done the last couple of starts. But this is definitely a three-miler. He's, uh, he's, he's at the 66 to one now. But I wonder if they're looking at a handicap mark for him. That would be my only concern with him now. But reading Tommy wrong would be, would be um, like, if I knew he was going here, I'd be putting him up today. Right. Put it that way. Yeah, nice. Kev, just <clears throat> before I come to you, because Daryl just quickly touched upon I Will Be Bay, I've just got a reader question for you from Pedro, who says, any ideas where I Will Be Bay runs? Loved his last run there, which I believe was his first run over hurdles. Ballymore or Bartlett, what do you think? And of course, I Will Be Bay on the Betfair Sportsbook at the moment is 25 to 1. William Islands. <laughs> 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 who, who, who knows? Willie doesn't know. Not even Willie sure what's happening on Saturday, Willie, are we? <laughs> Willie, Willie won't know in a month and a half, probably. <laughs> um, but in fairness, he was he, he was quite impressive. Um, my Trump card um, did his thing for the form, but you know, let's see if he turns up in Leopardstown. You know, that would tell us a bit more. He's entered up in the in the two mile sixer and the two miler, <laughs> so. <laughs> You know, uh, more likely for the two mile sixer, um, and yeah, look, Willie Mullins, take your chance yeah. if you want if you want to, but don't expect much of a steer at this stage. No, okay, so that's your 
No, but I tell you, um, the River Don that that Dara mentioned there, um, this weekend will be worth watching because I think it could shake up this market quite a bit. And like the one in terms of looking at the market now and like what's overpriced and what might shorten. Like I thought, Shannon Bob was interesting, um, at around sixteen to one because like he he's Nicky Henderson's clear candidate for the race. Um, after he won at Cheltenham in December, Nicky very much name checked the Albert Bartlett. Um, and look, if he comes through the River Don in one piece, which, you know, he'll be near enough fav, if not fav, against um, Johnny Who that Dan mentioned. If he comes through that with, with a good performance or a win, you know, he's going to be he's going to be a shortener, isn't he? And yeah. like, he doesn't look a particularly short, strong River Don. You know, there, there's a, a few there in the mid-130s and that's where it is. Um, and in fairness to him, like I thought for an inexperienced horse, he, he did quite well to win at Cheltenham. And there should be more to come. He stays well. And again, sixteen to one. If he ends up being Nicky's shot in the race, he's not going to be that sort of price. Yeah, fair enough. Okay, well, it leads us nicely into the final part of our show. Sad. Um, the <laughs> anti-post selections for the festival at this time. Obviously, we're now on week nine. I'm not going to go through all of them. We can do that another week. But this week, I'm just going to recap on week eight. And week eight, just so Dan Barber gets a bit of a sense, uh, Daryl was grey dawning, the unicorn, nine to one for Brown Advisory, still nine to one on the Betfair Sportsbook. Kev, you were on Caldwell Potter, 12 to one for the Supreme, into 10 to one. Dave Ord decided to have no bets. You do not have to have a bet. Um, prices were given. Come on, Ardy, you're better than that. But <laughs> if you want a bet, you can. So, Daryl Carter, do you have an anti-post section for us this week? No, I think it's going to be the first week I don't have one. So, oh, uh, come on, Daryl. I'll tell you what, mate, Kim, if it weren't for me putting one up every week, we could call this a bloody anti-post show. <laughs> okay, Daryl. <laughs> when you're perched on the fence, don't be talking about people perched on the fence. Save it, save it to next week. <laughs> Kev, I've done, you know, oh, I've done something so funny on my computer. I've managed to press this like chat thing. So it's it's writing everyone's chat on my screen. So oh, keeps, God. And when you said 130s, it said one turkey. <laughs> <laughs> Christ. Yeah, yeah. Don't tell me what it says when I say a turkey tree and a turd. Hi. <laughs> it's going so fast. It says, I say turkey tree. <laughs> stuff. Unlike Daryl, I am an action junkie and I will never sit out such a <laughs> crucial segment of the show. So I do have one, a little bit like last week, um, one that I've talked about a couple of times and I haven't actually pulled the trigger and the price is staying um, pretty much where it, it has been. So I'll get, I'll get him in the bag, as they say, Natalie. Um, Monty Star for the Brown Advisory. Um, very fond of this horse. Um, very fond of him last year. Um, filled his trousers a little bit in the Albert Bartlett. Um, Henry's view was that a tough race at Clamell the previous month might just have taken the edge off him. Um, he's he's massive. There was always a big hope that he was going to be a better chaser. Um, he finds jumping fences very easy. Um, mm. when you when you watch him, like he doesn't seem to have to put in much effort at all to to jump quite fluently and assured. Um, real staying type. Um, you know, well on top of three car brag um the other day, which is which is no joke. His first run back was lovely behind Corbett's cross. And uh, he's just the type. And I haven't heard a thing about him now. 
um, in, in recent days. He doesn't hold any entries. And I just wouldn't be shocked if Henry de Bromhead is thinking a little bit like he did with um, Manila Indo, that he'll be happy to send him there fresh. Um, two runs over fences uh, would be no concern for me, given his, his notably assured technique. And um, he stays really well. And he's there, there, there are a bigger price or two around the village, but he's 12 to 1 at the Betfair Sportsbook. And I think that's um, perfectly fair. I like it. So, so far, Darwin, no bet. Kev, Monty Starr in the Brown Advisory. Dan, before you give us your anti-post selection for week nine of Cheltenham, only better. I've got a listener question for you from Scott oh, Lofthouse. Wow. Yeah, Scott Lofthouse says, what do you think of Manella Indo's chance in the cross-country? I think it should be favourite. Gave weight away last time out in December, but will be off-level weights in March. Yeah, that does change the dynamics significantly, doesn't it? The fact that it probably should be a handicap still because... We got like a Galvin and Manila Indoor. They canter through that race. If you get late night, I think late night pass is a is a really good horse, and I do think he's a he's a potential Grand National animal as well. Having got the form in the Fox Hunters, but yeah, I'm not going to say that the former Gold Cup winner with a rating probably in the one sixties cannot win the cross country, but it doesn't really seem it doesn't really seem in the spirit of it, does it? It doesn't. No. Don't get Kevin started, Dan Barber. Give us your anti post. Tip of the week, please. Well, it's linked to the Ryanair discussion with Alaho. And it's funny, like, look at some of them in this market that are shorter than the horse I'm going to mention. Capadano at 25s. I mean, probably 25s to, to run in the, the Ryanair. Um, stage star blew out when we last saw him. Bambridge seems ground dependent, doesn't he? Is there a chance that Kev would know if he, if it's bottomless, would would he skip the race? Oh, and wouldn't, need be, would, wouldn't, wouldn't need to be bottomless, Dan. I'd say South might be enough. Go. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And Envoir Allen, he's won what one of his last nine starts. I mean, he's not a prolific winner, and the, he wouldn't have beaten Shishkin if Shishkin had focused properly. So I'm going right into the 33s. Oh, it's, yeah. not a high, it's not a high senior, surprisingly. I don't quite fancy him for this. He's not fast, <laughs> not slow. He's got a short <laughs> cut. But I thought Fugitive was the angle with so many strong handicap runs to his name over that track. He knows it like the back of his hand. He's entered in the Clarence House, which I don't think he can do much harm to his chance. I mean, he, he might just finish third behind Editor de Gite and John Bon. But it, as they were referencing, I think, in the fallout, he's, he's rise through the handicap ranks, has pushed him into graded company now. This would be the obvious race. He's 33s. You're going to get three places. You might only get six runners. And I think his solidity around there might be enough to see him placed. And do you know what? Nice. If he would have ran all of these races on the new course as opposed to the old course, I think he'd be rated a lot higher now. Because that second last on the old course, if you go back and watch his runs on the old course, it catches him out every time coming around that bend. He can't get yeah. quick enough. So, That's interesting. Uh, the, yeah. the modern day Latta Do you remember? Yeah, he yeah. gets Vinny yeah. Keane in the background. Poor, poor Vinny Keane. <laughs> <laughs> So what Daryl's saying is an absolute good thing. So that's good to hear. Thank you. There you go. You've done it. Good thing. At 33s as well. So thank you very much. All of our prices today have been given on the Betfair Sportsbook. And do check out the Betfair Sportsbook ahead, of course, of Cheltenham's Trials Day. So so much to look forward to. Next week's show is going to be fantastic. We'll have loads to talk about as long as the wind doesn't blow apart any more of the UK. Um, as always, gamble responsibly. Very, very, very important. But lads, thank you so much for all your time. Hope you have a great day. A great Great week ahead and I shall see Daryl and Kev next week for our 10th show and Dan what a great guest thank you very much for joining us no it's been an absolute pleasure thanks again